Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. In tonight's episode, we discuss a hamlet haunted by a ghost that sometimes goes too far in the bedroom. We'll tell you how. A horrifying encounter changes a father's ways, but was it for the better? We hear about a haunted house that has a track record of causing mental illness. How far did it push some? The family is visited by a little loved one that returns from the grave. And finally, would you stay in a beautiful Australian resort if you knew its sinister history? Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. I'm Tony Bruski. Jenny Bruski joining us as always. Good evening. Are you ready for these stories? Let's do this. I'm excited. These look pretty good and uh, some good calls as well. And I believe we have a call this evening from someone who's uh, calling in as something is happening. Okay. So I'm excited about this. Yes. On location. And even better, in the fog. And where is fog the creepiest? In London. Okay. So uh, this should be interesting. Lots of good stuff for you tonight. If you're not an EPP yet, you've been listening to the show, you enjoy the program, uh, we ask you to please consider supporting the program because without your support, we can't keep doing this show. So it's five bucks a month. Uh, if we have enough of you on board, the show continues on. We thank all of you who have uh, jumped on board so far. If you've been thinking about it, please do become an EPP to realghoststoriesonline.com. Not only do you support the show, you also get a bonus episode that we create for you every single week and send directly to you. And we're beginning to get some of our new extra video content put together that will be uh, available to our EPPs exclusively uh, very, very soon as well. So uh, please do think about being an EPP. Do through the website realghoststoriesonline.com. I am going to take that pin away from you. Why? You are totally like Dr. Drew over there with your pin. Am I hitting things with it? Just tapping like ridiculous. I don't. Well, that picked up because I'm hitting the mic with it, but... Is this, is this picking up over here? I'm just about to say more cowbell. It's going to be like, is there an EVP? I'm hearing a tapping. I'm hearing it three times. Oh, it's just Tony breathing again and tapping a pen. Yeah. So, sorry, everyone. I, I like fidgeting with something. You fidget no matter what. I know. I'm a fidgeter. Yep. Here's a uh, letter that we just got in uh, with a photo, and I just put this photo up in the gallery for everyone to uh, take a look at, and you can be the judge of what it is. The letter says, Tony and Jenny, my name is John from Pennsylvania. This is a picture a friend took of mine uh, at, I believe, their home or possibly another location common to them. I'm not quite sure. Nonetheless, this picture had everyone in the group that evening stunned as to what exactly they were looking at. I don't know if there were any precursors leading to snapping this photo, cold shots, noises, etc. I think it was discovered shortly thereafter in a collection of normal photos from uh, what you can gather as a young group of friends having a get-together, and many photos get taken, then later reviewed as to post on social media or some other platform. Anyway, I'm not saying it's paranormal, but certainly couldn't be explained logically by anyone who has ever shown it to 
Uh, so certainly it opens up the possibility, not to mention it's creepy as hell. Perhaps you can uh, share some thoughts on what you think it is. Love the show. Thanks. Okay, it's up on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com in the gallery section. And I named it Unexplained Entity from John from Pennsylvania. Uh, this is the picture. And it's it's really weird. Um, it all, It looks like it's looking into a, a hallway or some sort of clothing facility where they're storing clothing in this apartment or something. And it looks like a black entity that, I mean, it also kind of like a Grim Reaper type thing, like a mini Grim Reaper. Yeah, a mini Grim Reaper. Or an animal of some sort. Like a, it, it looks to me, <laughs> it sounds like, it looks like a cartoon character kind of almost like a... Uh, I'd say a, a honey badger in a Grim Reaper outfit. Think so? <laughs> I don't know. But it's kind of translucent. You can literally see through it. It's weird. Um, I don't know what the hell to make out of it. Um, and, of course, you can easily say Photoshop, and you could Photoshop any sort of ghost photo you want. That's without a doubt a possibility. But uh, if we're going to take it at its word, let's let's go from that angle. And if anyone has any uh, thoughts on what the photo is, other than Photoshop... Uh, let us know. Maybe go on the forum section at realghoststoriesonline.com and open up a discussion on that. But you can see the photo. It almost looks like it has horns. Do you see that? Yeah, it kind of, the way the head forms, it does. And it it's just, it's weird. I, I've never seen anything quite like it. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look extremely photoshopped. So I don't know. You can check it out on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Go to the photos section. And uh, like I said, Unexplained Entity from John from Pennsylvania is what it is called. Let us know your thoughts on that one. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in. If you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, whatever platform it is, you enjoy the show, be sure to press that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. They get sent directly to you. You don't have to search for us every single time you want to find a new episode. Uh, just hit subscribe. Uh, I had some people asking on uh, YouTube the other day who I think uh, just found the show. They're like, is this show still in production? Yes, it's, it's in production every day of the week. Um, I know a lot of you guys are just finding us uh, for the month of October when you're looking for spooky stuff. So welcome. We do the show year-round, so you can get freaked out on Christmas Eve, if you like, uh, or the 4th of July, or whatever. Uh, it never ends here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Our phone number is 855-853-4802 with your Real Ghost Stories. Zara writes in, uh, my story happened some time ago in 2000, to be precise. Wow, way back in the 2000s. Oh, my. <laughs> it's scary because, to some, that's a very long time ago. But really... Uh, my oldest and closest friend had moved to an anonymous safe house some months previous to the circumstances in her home in Aloha, Scotland, uh, to a beautiful hamlet called Kulras. Uh, I'm sorry, I said it wrong. Kuras. She got the pronunciation here. Kuras. Uh, it had been some time since we had seen one another, so we were eager to share stories and catch up. Kuras is a hamlet that truly makes you feel as if you've stepped 600 years back in time. Uh, it's uh, like a tiny time capsule of a hamlet. It's sleepy, forgotten, and sinister. It has only one small and simple shop for things such as milk, bread, and little else. There's one pub and a very irregular bus service. But I am sure the main reason people live in there is because of being hidden from the rest of the uh, maddening crowd. 
It's the very epitome of ghostly, haunted, and eerie. Anyways, my friend lived in a small flat that was built in the 1600s. It was seriously beautiful and seriously old. Most of the buildings predate the 1500s, and I suggest people have a look at it online. I adore driving there and just soaking it all in. Back then, I didn't drive, and my friend picked me up with her little girl, who was only three or four years old then. After a cozy dinner and a lot of late-night chatting, we went into the wee hours of the morning. I was shown into my bedroom. It was the same room as her little girl, who was asleep on the top bunk of the bed I was about to sleep in. I was really sleepy, so I just fell into the bottom bunk uh, as I was uh, a bit self-conscious, so I preferred to stay clothed except for my jeans. I just hopped under the duvet and tried to drift off. It was less than a half hour when I felt movement and something warmly tried to snuggle into me. I felt a hand physically slide under the section of bra strap that clips the back and almost caress me. The touch was not overly warm, but certainly not cold or ghostly. I felt living and it felt living and warm and humanly physical. I lifted the duvet and told my friend's little girl to snuggle in with me, not looking, just assuming it was her. When there was no movement, I turned around to usher her in once again, and I just stared into blackness of the bedroom. No one and nothing was there. I stood up and checked the top bunk, and there, breathing steadily and deeply, was my friend's little girl asleep. I was instantly freaked out. What just happened? I know it wasn't much. No evil eyes looming from the darkness, bright orbs or shifting shadows. Just a touch. An impossible touch. It was as real as the touch a friend gives, and was just as warm and unmenacing. Not cold, not dead. I can still remember the slide of the fingers and the sensation of my strap lifting up under the fingers and feeling the hand as perfectly outlined as yours or mine just resting there. I still describe it as so to this day when I recant the story. I got back into bed and slept very poorly but felt no further physical contact with whatever had just put their hands on my back and my top, thankfully. In the morning, when the three of us were having breakfast, it was the first thing I told my friend. She was intrigued, but not surprised. She said this happened to her, and she would often feel physical touches on her back, shoulder, and hair, as if to reassure. And she, as I did, described the touch as physically warm, soft, and with kind intent. This went on for the entire duration of her time in that small flat, and she never felt scared of it. Things would often move, or she would hear rapid shuffling of feet in the hallway as she tried to sleep. All I know is that she was much braver than I would have been in an active house. I've always believed in something, and I do feel privileged that someone from beyond reached out to me that night, and I wonder if those that live there now feel the presence of the kind entity that enjoys reassuring and comforting the living. I find it interesting that she considered it a privilege that something reached out to her. I think it was probably some confused ghost from way, way back in the day that was like, what the hell is this thing that she's wearing with all these straps and hooks? I think it was trying to identify what the bra was. It was just curious. Possibly. Yeah. I could see that happening. Yeah. This this new strange contraption. What do they think? Do you think they ever look at other things too, like iPhones and such and are like, what the hell? Or would you keep up on that as a ghost? I think if I was a ghost, I'd be trying to keep up on technology. I bet you would. I I don't know. 
I would imagine that it's very confusing. You know, if if the, uh, the bra is a technological innovation to that one, I'm sure that's probably not the ghost that's going to be coming through on ghost radar, you know, figuring out how to get their voice through. Probably not. You know, I, I'm wondering if if different entities are like that. You know, how it's like it's like some act like my parents and are, are way behind in technology and, and are just. Hey, they, they're they, better now. They're, they're a little bit better now. Your mom even has a tablet now. That's like uh, almost That's iPhone. Almost. 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 Still almost. no cell phone. No, still but, no cell phone. But she has the tablet and she walks around with it and takes pictures of it with, you, with it using the tablet. And um, that's always kind of amusing to watch. Um, but forever, when I was a kid, it was like we didn't have a CD player till after I graduated high school, you know, which was <laughs> 2001. So, um, yeah, a little bit behind of the times there. So I'm thinking if they were you know, to be ghosts at some point, they're probably going to be a little bit behind of the times and technology. It's probably like just a personality thing. You know, whatever. If you're, you want to stay up on the times, okay. If you don't, you can kind of stay wherever you're at. Yeah. And, and being a building that old, that could be a very, 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 very old ghost. Yeah, very much that's, so. That's living there. So uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in to Real Ghost Stories Online. If you'd like to share your real ghost story with us, we would love to hear it. Hello. Hey, Tony. Hey, Jenny. This is Scott from Portland. Uh, I called about the fraternity house story uh, a little while back and ended up on the show. Uh, I just became an EPP, so looking forward to getting my email and actually listening to the broadcast. Uh, anyway, I want to tell you a, another story. Because I said in the previous one that there had been other things that had happened, um, and there really are. Throughout my entire childhood, there were a lot of stories when I was a little kid about um, people seeing another child in our house, um, a little blonde-haired kid. No explanation for that or whatever, but it was very clear when I was, before my sister was born, that I had a friend that I was always hanging out with. But anyway, that's not, that's not what I'm going to tell you guys about. Um, the, what I'm going to tell you guys about is some of the stories that I do remember, because the little kid that we had, I don't remember, I was too young. You know, I was zero to two and a half. Um, but one of the first stories that happened that I remember was when I was about eight um, there was a couple of things that happened around that same time, and I'll tell you those other stories later, but um, the one that made me start noticing things were off. I was eight years old, and I woke up in the middle of the night. Um, I lived I lived in an apartment with two bedrooms in California, and uh, I shared a bed, or I shared a bunk bed with my sister, and I was on the top, and she was on the bottom. Anyway, I woke up. I had to go to the bathroom, as normal little kid things do, so I climbed down real quietly, and I snuck out of my room real quietly, trying not to wake up my sister. And I, I went down the hall, and I was heading toward my parents' bedroom, you know, the bathroom being between the two bedrooms. And we had a cat. Uh, her name was Sally. She was a little black and white cat, um, roughly about at that time, probably up to my knees-ish, um, you know, being that I was only like three feet, three and a half feet tall or whatever. Uh, anyway, I... Uh, so I remember going toward the bathroom, and I was fully awake. Uh, the lights were off, it was dark. And Sally came up to me and just ran right into my knee, which she always did. And she purred and meowed, and I reached down and I pet her, and I was like, hey, Sally. And I actually spoke to her. Hey, Sally, reached down and I pet her, and everything was fine. Um, and then I went to the bathroom, and I turned the light on. Like, I opened the door, I turned the light on. And when I did, Sally 
was sitting on the toilet, like very asleep. And the light coming on woke her up and she like slowly looked up at me, blinking her eyes, you know, waking up like cats in the middle of the night. And at that moment, I was completely just shaken. I was frozen in fear. And I, in the light of the bathroom in the hallway, I looked around to see if I could see the cat, but there was no cat in the hallway. There was no cat anywhere around me. So I don't know, that was, I don't know what that was or how to explain it, but that was the first time that I started noticing really strange things happening um, when as a kid. Um, I'm sure there were a lot more that I just don't remember. Just like there was a couple of things from the same time frame that I honestly do not remember that everyone else does, like jumping in a pool to save my cousin who was drowning. I don't remember the entire day when that happened, but everyone else in my family remembers it. So I'm not sure what, how I can explain this, but the cat thing was what made me start waking up. Uh, paying attention. Now I have more stories to go along with that same time frame, that same place, um, but I'll share those later. I just wanted to share a brief one with you guys uh, and also thank you for everything that you do and for the opportunity to like listen to other people's experiences and realize that I'm not necessarily alone with these strange things that occasionally happen. Anyway, thanks very much. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story at 855-853-4802. That's interesting where the ghost cat yeah. or projecting itself, that's just weird. The cats are tricky. I mean, I, I suppose it could have, you know, very quickly let you pet it and then scurried around you, sat down, got a quick nap in in 0.05 seconds and looked very troubled when you looked at it. But I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> it is very I don't weird. know. I don't know how to explain that. Thank you for calling and sharing the story. 855-853-4802, again, is the phone number to call in and share your real ghost stories with us. Of course, you can also always write in through the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And if uh, it's your first time listening to the show and you're enjoying it, press that subscribe button on the platform you are using to listen to us so you don't miss any more episodes. Lola writes in, I love the show and thought the story that my mother told me would be great for the show, and it sounds like something right out of a movie. Except back then, my mother's family was too poor to watch movies, and my mother herself barely remembers half of the movies she's watched. Well, my mother actually told me the story after her mother told her. So my mother's father would often drink, get drunk, and be away from home for weeks and even months at a time, hanging out in the streets or bars. My mother was a child at the time of this, and my mother said her father had been away from home for weeks. One night, while he, my grandfather, was drunk, he decided to go home. He was still a little drunk and was walking all alone in the dark towards a bridge that was only illuminated by moonlight. In Mexico at this time, which was the 1950s, there were no streetlights or even roads or a lot of anything. It was a pretty empty place with a whole bunch of uh, stretches of barren land at certain points in the paths to get home. So grandfather is approaching a bridge when all of a sudden a man with a long red tie appears from the side of the bridge. The man walks until he is standing under the middle of the bridge and stays there. My grandfather is, at this point, rather close to him, and the other man then speaks to my grandfather. Hey, where are you going, sir? My grandfather replies, Well, I'm on my way home. Why? Because if you don't leave for home from here, I shall take you with me instead. This is where my grandfather saw that the man had bright red eyes, and the man's tie was really a long red tongue that hung out from his mouth. My grandfather began to shake and was frozen with fear, and that's when the thing before him started walking past my grandfather. 
My grandfather quickly ran home and told my grandmother that he had quickly sobered up the moment he saw this man's true features. She was quite harsh on him and said, Ha! That was no man but the devil, and you deserve that scare for being away from home for so long and also for being such a drunk. My uncle and my mother's brother got angry and said he was going to go look for that man. He was angry that he had scared my grandfather. My grandmother, however, told my uncle to not go look for the man, as it was probably not even human and was probably the devil. I think he had that coming. Yeah, I think if you abandon your family for uh, weeks and months at a time to go on benders, uh, you're probably right in line there to be uh, summoned into hell <laughs> or, yeah. or to be possessed or taken over or whatever. You know, I think that would probably uh, be one of those things that uh, gets, gets put on the to-do list of the devil. What I want to know is how long that stuck with him and he changed his ways. I think I would be so afraid I wouldn't leave my house if I saw that you yeah. know, ever again. I mean, not just not do any sort of substance that would inhibit my judgment. I would be like afraid to leave the house. I could see that. You know, that would be rather disturbing. Um, so do you think he saw it? Do you think it was a hallucination? Do you think it was? What do you think? It's hard to say with all the unexplained yeah. things that I've learned to believe I he probably saw something that scared the crap out of him yeah and hopefully it was for the better for a yeah. long term it's like whatever it was it it worked yeah <laughs> so uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call in 855-853-4802 to call in with your real ghost stories to real ghost stories online Hi guys, Deborah Ann calling from Riceless in Britain. I'm walking on Ickenham Golf Course, or Riceless Golf Course near Ickenham, and I just had the fright of my life. Um, it's foggy, still a bit of light, but it's definitely dusk, and the fog is very heavy on the uh, on the grass here. Well, in the distance, I could see this very large dog run at a pace from my right to my left and it just appeared to disappear. So I'm looking for it and then suddenly I can hear these cows mooing. So I've walked these fields for quite some time through the summer. I've never heard these cows moo before, though I am near a farm. I can hear them mooing still, in fact. In any event, so I'm focused on the cows walking straight ahead. And then suddenly, from my right, this big old German shepherd dog comes bolting towards myself and my shelter, um, barking his head off, gave me a right start, I must say. Um, and obviously he was part of a pack that was walking, normal dog walking, you know, getting tired out before putting them to bed. But all I got to say is you don't necessarily need a ghost for a good fright. In any event, I'm an EPP. Love you guys to bits and bobs. Won't, uh, go to sleep without listening to you along with the other fantastic paranormal podcast that I'm lucky enough to be able to get on my iPhone and um, keep up the great work. Y'all are amazing and any of my other well, any future haunts that I'm going to have, obviously I'll be sure to give you a bell. Take care y'all. Bye. 
Well, I was waiting for her to say that the dog completely disappeared or something as it ran towards her. I guess we now are on speed dial for anything scary at all. <laughs> Thanks it is, for calling. It's kind of an honor that when somebody has something freaky happen, like, oh, got to call Tony and Jenny right now. <laughs> I like that. So, yeah. Um, 855-853-4802. I'm glad you and your dog were not eaten. Yes. Although there was a little bit of me that was hoping maybe just, just maybe a... I don't know. It's going to go all hound of the Baskervilles on her. A nip or something at no. the ghost dog and then gone. You know, I don't want injury, but you know, just a little scratch. And, like, and then I realized the scratch has put 666 on my the side of my dog. <laughs> That'd be kind of bizarre. How would you explain that one to the vet? I don't think you would. I don't wish harm on your dog. I do kind of uh, ghost dog or something. That would be a very eerie place to be. It would be, yes. So, uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Let's go to another letter. Beth writes in, Hi, my fiance, and I love your podcast. And listen as often as we can. Here's my story. I cannot be completely sure it is paranormal, but it is definitely not explainable. I live in England and grew up in a little village called Nayland in Suffolk. Our house is a grade two listed building. I don't know what that means. But in the early 15th century, built in the early 15th century, what does that mean? Grade two? I'm, I'm wondering if the grade has something to do with the age of the building. Sure. Maybe like historical yeah. grade of some sort. Like what's grandfathered in. Forgive us for not knowing about how the grading system works um, in the UK. But if you'd like to fill us in, we'd love it. Yeah. Uh, the house is a friendly feel. And my family and I only ever had one completely unexplainable experience in it. There are usually knocks and bumps, but we have put them down into it being such an old house. However, one day when I was about 12, my mom, sister, and I were all at home while my dad was at work. All three of us were in the living room and had been going in and out all day with no problems until my mom went to leave the room to find the door was locked. All three of us were inside the room and there was no one else in the house. The door did have a lock, but the key was in the other side of the door, and therefore it was not a case of one of us pulling a prank as we couldn't reach the key from within the room. After we had jiggled, pushed, and banged at the door for 45 minutes, we were starting to get a bit stressed out as the windows in the room are also old, but they cannot be opened easily. They would have been smashed for one of us to climb out and come back in through the front door to unlock the living room door. We tried the door a few more times to no avail, and my mom was just getting ready to smash one of the windows when we heard a small click. She walked over to the door, turned the handle, and the door swung open. None of us had been standing anywhere near the door at the time. Needless to say, after the incident, we never kept the key in the door again. I cannot think of any explanation. Even if the key had somehow locked the door slightly, it would have come free with our efforts to open the door not 45 minutes later when none of us were anywhere near it. When I was in my late teens, I was told by a family friend that the previous owner of our house had, for some reason, had our house exercised about a year before we moved in. But he would not tell me why, and he did not wish to scare me. As I said before, we've never felt uneasy or uncomfortable in the house, but that experience will definitely stay with me for life. I hope you like the story and wonder if you had any explanations for the door locking and unlocking itself. I do. Okay. It's paranormal. <laughs> for sure. It's an old door. Old doors tend to lock and unlock themselves. And sometimes they manifest spirits. And uh, 
No, not one of those that requires the key like that. There's nothing. Haunted door. Yeah, there's nothing. I, I wonder what the ghost got into while you guys were locked in the living room. Probably went and checked some stuff out. Do you think it would do that? Is it like a child? Yeah. Like go and explore mom and dad's room and, and mm-hmm. lock the people out? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. Uh, 855-853-4802. That's our phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories Online if you have a real ghost story that you would like to share with us. Let's go to another caller. Hi. Hi. This is Jay from Maryland. I have a story. I'm going to try to be brief with it. Um, it's in involving uh, this house that I used to always pass my neighborhood while um, going to work. Um, one day I decided uh, when I got to work, I would uh, try to find out information on this particular property that I saw. I knew it was vacant, and I kind of liked it. It was a small home with a nice high-spence down backyard with a pool, and... When I got there, I um, went on the internet to see if I could find out any information I could in reference to the property. Because it was vacant, it didn't have a for sale sign in the yard, and um, I worked for a mortgage company at the time. So I didn't find too much information other than the uh, everything that had nothing to do with the price of the property, at least. Um, so I decided to tell one of my coworkers, hey, uh, there's this house up the street. I, I like it. I think I um, want to try and see if I can purchase it. So my coworker decided, okay, let's go up and check it out. So we drove up to the home, which was about uh, maybe two miles from the office, pulled up in the driveway, we got out of the vehicle, walked up to the front door, and tried to open the door. It was locked. So we went to the side of the home to look over the fence to see what we could see, you know, in the backyard. Uh, the pool, the nice-sized backyard, uh, that was about it. So we went back to the front door. I grabbed the doorknob, and when I turned it, the door open and I didn't give any thought to how weird that was anything I wasn't thinking about it at the time I just wanted to see what the property was like inside as soon as I stepped inside of the home I just got this overwhelming feeling of wow I just felt ah, it's hard to explain agitated uh, overwhelmed, kind of like sad. The first thing I said to my coworker was, wow, somebody must be died in here. I just, it's hard to explain it, the emotions that I was, that I was feeling from the, um, being inside the home. It was kind of, um, dark. Um, the cabinets were open. Whoever moved out, they, whoever owned the property, they didn't do anything to, to clean up after the, whoever moved out left. And I was walking around, and there was this one room that had uh, the walls painted black, and it had a uh, black window blind. And I was like, God, they must worship the devil in here or something. I don't know why they got a black room. I don't know. But uh, there was also a basement, and... 
my coworker decided to go down in the basement, and I didn't go because it was dark in the house. And then, so he went down. I just stayed upstairs, and I, I just couldn't shake the uh, feeling that I had. So we left the house, went back to the office, and I was ex- uh, explaining to my other coworkers about the inside of the house and everything and how I felt. I just felt like I was angry. I wanted to hit something. I like the crowd was sad, and I never felt anything like this before. So I said, you know, my mother, for whatever reason, she said that uh, she can always feel when things are happening or uh, my brothers and I are experiencing something. Uh, we're, we're having issues with something, she said. She can just sense that I have, I'm the oldest of two, three boys, and um I live in Maryland, and they live in Georgia, and my, I said, let me call my mother. So I put, uh, called her number, put her on speaker, and my coworkers were standing around my desk, and my mother answered the phone, and she was crying. I said, Mom, what's wrong? And she was like, I don't know. She said, I just don't know. Something is not right. I don't know what it is. And she said, my coworkers were telling me to pray, and I prayed, and I'm, I just couldn't shake the feeling. I said, well, I went into this house that I wanted to see if I would like it enough to buy it, and when I got inside, I just felt really weird. At the time, my um, coworker that went in with me, he had decided he would call a friend of his that was a realtor and find out some information on the house. So... Um, as I was speaking to my mother, she, she hung up the phone. He said, you don't want to buy that house. Uh, seven people were massacred inside of that home. Uh, it was said that the father came home and caught the wife in bed with someone else. He killed his wife, the other person, and all of his kids except for one child that somehow got, how got away, I don't know, uh, all the details of the story. So my mother, I, I told my mother, and she's like, don't go in that house again. I was like, okay. Got off the phone, went on with uh, my work and the rest of the day, still trying to shake that uh, feeling. The next day... <laughs> I came back into work, and they were still talking about the house. And my supervisor was happened to be in that day, and, and herself and the receptionist were back in the back at my desk. And everybody was talking about the house, so they wanted to go up and check out the house. So I was like, okay. We all got in our cars and drove up. This time I didn't even park in the driveway. I parked across the street. They went inside. I stayed outside. They came back, everybody got in the car, went back to the office. I really didn't have any, you know, weird feelings this time because, like I said, I didn't go inside. But when I got back to the office, I called my mother again, same thing. She was crying. I said, I went back to the house. She said, I told you not to go back to the house. I said, okay, I'm sorry. So got off the phone. Um, On the way home, that afternoon, I was driving by, and I saw a, a gentleman in the driveway standing next to his car. So I kind of pulled over to the side of the street, 
And I walked up and I said, hi. He said, hi. And I said, um, you uh, buying this house? He said, yeah, I'm renting it out, and I'm going to be moving in here on Friday. And I just looked at the house and looked at him and said, okay, well, congratulations. And, you know, I didn't want to say anything to him in reference to maybe he was excited about it. I just didn't want to get involved in that. And I drove off. Driving past that house from that day on, uh, I noticed his cars was there at least for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, one day, it was like the house was vacant again. I don't even think the guy stayed in there a month. But, you know, that's my story. And I have a couple more about growing up in a hunted home in Georgia. And I will be um, calling back and give you all some information on uh, that home. Thank you for this opportunity. And you all have a good day. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story. That was a great story. We'd love to hear more of your calls. I like that story a lot. I hate what happened in the story, but yeah. that made for a really great story. That's uh, so. Would the mom be uh, an empath? Is that considered yes. that when you're feeling that, like what your kids are feeling and yeah. things of that nature? And I suspect he might have a tinge of that too. That he was picking up sure. on the emotions that had happened there in that yeah. house. I mean, with the anger and then the sadness, you know, feeling all of that. When you have a property like that. Or a house like that, I should phrase it. Let's say you tore the house down, uh-huh. built something new on the property. Does that make it go away? The energy, the feelings? Like completely obliterated, old, new foundation, new everything. You get rid of everything to do with the old house. You fill it in. You build a new, totally new structure. Would that? Would you still have that feeling if you walked into it? I probably would. It was like cursed ground. I I would think it would kind of like cursed ground. And and the thing is, it's hard for me to know at that point Mm -hmm. if I'm really feeling anything or if I just can't let go in my mind that seven people were massacred on this property. Well, it's interesting because he didn't even know that until after the fact. He just knew he was feeling ill in that house. Right. So have you ever done that where, you mean, we've wandered through a lot of open houses just for fun. Have you ever, like, been into a house where you're like, what the hell, and then walked out? Not a house. Not no. a house, no. We should go to more open houses just for that. <laughs> yeah, down in the oldest part of town. Yeah, but then we don't know what, the, but not, not pre-look them up. Just wait for you to have the feelings, and then when we have the feelings, then we'll do the research. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> what did you do with your parents growing up on Sunday afternoons? Well, we went to ho- ho- uh, homes, and uh, Mom was hoping to come across one that had a massacre in it so she could look it up and verify uh, some of those weird feelings she was having. What wow. did you guys do? We watched football. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds normal. <laughs> wow. There you go. That's uh, stories our children will someday tell. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Here's another letter. It says, growing up, I was fascinated by the paranormal. Uh, much to my strictly Catholic mother's dismay, I reveled in anything ghost-related. That's why it was always a little disappointing to me that I had never seen anything even vaguely paranormal by the time I went off to college. I rented a house with a good friend of mine, a big old house built in the early 1900s, obviously in need of an update. The original push-button light switches were still 
in use. We fell in love with the open spaces and low rent. I remember thinking it was weird that my mother refused to come into the house with me even when move-in day came. She stood outside and watched. My roommate turned out not to be quite ready for life anyway from home. She spent most of the nights at her parents' home, 30 minutes away, preferring to drive into class. My first night in the house was spent alone. I heard plenty of weird noises, but I attributed to the old house creaking, thinking nothing more of it. If only that's all it had I had heard. I wouldn't be telling you this story. One morning before class, I was showering when I heard doors slamming, plates clinking, as if my roommate were hurried looking through the house. I ended my shower to check on her, but when I opened the door, no one was there. I called her, asking if all was well, but she was home, in bed. This happened at least once weekly. I learned to ignore it. The same goes for doors and curtains. I swear I had closed. When i turn around, they would be open. I was too busy to think much of it. I've heard a lot of neg- about negative energy opening people up to the paranormal, but what comes first? Do they feed off one another? When I moved in, I was dating an older man I'd met a year prior. He wasn't a good choice. He was critical and, as time went on, abusive. But the more time I spent in that house, the worse it got. I hated him, but I couldn't make myself break it off. The more days spent in that house, the more I didn't want to go anywhere else. It was like the house was a magnet for my time. I was self-conscious. I was a self-conscious 20-year-old, but everything spun out of control over time. I became obsessive. My thoughts were consumed with self-critique. I didn't even realize what was happening. My mother begged me to move out, to come home. I couldn't figure out why she was so desperate to have me home. That is until I realized how sick I was. Spending all my time locked in the house, hating my appearance, I was literally wasting away. I lost dangerous 70 pounds and I was dying. My hair was even falling out. But I thought I was fine. Regardless of this realization, I didn't want to leave. Not the house. Not my angry boyfriend. I didn't want to change anything. Eventually, after I'd collapsed while attending mass with my mother, we discovered that my kidneys were shutting down and my blood pressure was dangerously low. Somehow, my mother and my doctor got me out of the house and into an anorexia treatment program. My boyfriend wasn't interested in waiting for me to get out of the treatment and left, and my parents convinced the landlord to let me out of the lease early. As soon as I was out of the house, everything began to change. So why did I let my friend move in after me? Why didn't I talk him out of it? The same negative void fills his life. He and his girlfriend started fighting all the time. She became cruel and obsessive, and he sank into a deep depression. He came to visit me in treatment often and eventually brought me a strange box. The box was mostly empty, with only a few trinkets collected at the bottom. An old hand-drawn booklet, a few unrecognizable coins, and a crucifix started back, uh, stared back at me, When I opened the lid, the booklet was full of intricate scribbles, pentagrams, strange little poems, and at the end, a sketch of a woman hanging from a tree. The coins were so, it appeared, burnt that I couldn't tell what they should have been. And the cross was scorched out as if an old metal nail had been drugged through it. I stared at my friend confused. He explained he'd found them wedged under a floorboard in his room. What had been my room in the back of the closet. He didn't say anything more and left. He didn't speak to me again for two years when he too left the house. Is it only a coincidence that everything turned around for him then too? 
Years later, I'm now happy and for the most part healthy. But every time I drive past the university, I think of that house. And I'm compelled to drive past my old home, glancing at the windows as I pass. My skin grows cold to this day. I think it's a combination of the events going on already, kind of putting them in a negative place. And then possibly something in the house feeding on that and just, you know, spiraling it downwards. Um, You know, because... I think with the combination of getting out of the house and the events changing, things got better. But you know how the negative energy feeds. Sure. And I, and finding the stuff in the closet kind of makes me think that it was the combination there. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that, you know, ghosts are 100% to blame for depression or, or some sort of a disorder. But I would say that exactly what you said. It's a combination. You know, it, it's one of those things where what comes first uh, I don't know. I, I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, the, the disorder may come first. It may, or the depression may come first. And then it's like a magnet. It, we've talked about this before where we all have different, essentially, lights right. that come off of us. And if you're in that state where you look like a prime target for whatever the hell it is, it comes and latches onto you and then it essentially, you know, drives you down as low as it can go unless you take the action to stop it. And this is a prime example of where, I mean, someone helped her take the action to get out of that situation and make improve her life with what she could mentally and physically do um, and, and eventually get herself risen up far enough to fight all of it off. Yeah, yeah. So She was battling her demons in more than one way. Exactly. It's not... It's it's one of those things where you, you it kind of gives you hope if you're in, in that situation. You, you don't have to feel completely helpless and like this thing is going to take over and you have no say in the matter. You do have a say in the matter. Yeah. But it's going to be a battle. And it doesn't mean you need to go in for an exorcism. It means you need to get yourself as right as you possibly can. And hopefully the rest of it eventually pushes itself away as you get yourself in the right place. Yep. And we, we hear that a lot with stories. So... It's it's a good story. I mean, it's a dark, scary story. It's horrible that she had to go through that, but it's a good, you know, 360 or 180. Would it be a 180? 180. 180. Yeah. yeah. It's direction. Yeah. <laughs> Someday I'll know my direction. <laughs> I'm getting right and left down, too. I learned the other day when you make your, your thumb like this and your index finger, it's an L, and that means left. That's very good, Tony. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow we'll work on colors. I'm excited. I still get my blues and purples mixed up. Uh, here's a letter. Uh... Hello, my name is, is this Juana? I think so. J-U-A-N-A. I'm 21 years old, live in Los Angeles. When I was uh, 10 years old, I lived in an apartment building with my mom and sister. Our unit number was 24. One night at around 12 a.m., I was in my room with one of my cousins. We were just hanging out since it was pretty late. My cousin decided to leave. I was in the room with my sleeping sister, and I lie down next to her, and I fell asleep. It was about 2 a.m. when I had to use the restroom, sat up on the bed, and there, standing in the corner of the room, was a black figure. The figure was a man, dressed in a black coat, black pants, black shoes, and a black top hat. Although his appearance was frightening, what scared me the most was that he had no facial features. I was terrified. I just lay back down and covered myself from head to toe. My sister was next to me, but I was too afraid to speak. So I tried to poke her, but it didn't work. My mom's room was directly in front of me, but I was too afraid to get up. I decided to wait under the covers until the sun came up. As soon as there was a bit of sunlight, I ran frantically to my mom's room. 
She asked me what was wrong, and I told her about what I saw and said, Oh, you've seen this man before. I was terrified. She went on to say that a few years before we lived in Unit 9, and I still slept with her, I used to wake her up in the night to ask her if she had seen the black man in the closet. She also said she had seen him plenty of times before as well. My mom has never really been scared, but I was. The first thing that came to my mind was that he was following me, and that truly scared me. I never saw him again, but many strange things would happen. For example, the microwave would turn on on its own. You'd hear the dishes rattling in the middle of the night. Also, the closet doors in the hallway would open up by themselves, and we would hear footsteps all the time. We moved out of the unit, but my uncle and his family stayed there and still live there to this day. They have friends and family over almost every weekend, and many of them have also claimed to have seen the black man in that same room where I saw him. Thank you for reading my story. It's okay, honey. You've seen that man in black before. Don't be afraid. That's not flying at my house. So when the children tell you that they're seeing Avis, the bunny rabbit walking around in the room at night? Not going to tell them that that's normal and okay. <laughs> this is normal. This is your imagination. You know, I'm, I just... I don't know how I'd approach it, but I don't think I'd be like, well, you've seen it before. I'm just going to hope we don't have to approach it. I hope yeah. it doesn't happen. So that's 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 it. that's where I'm going to put my stance yep. on it. Very much. Lewis writes in, hello, this is Lewis from Los Angeles. I have a story to tell. This happened to me at my first, uh, my, at my friends, it happened to me and my friends at his house. Here we go. First story. So one time my friend Dill was playing Xbox late at night and talking to me over the microphone. All of a sudden, I heard him talking to someone in the background. I thought to myself, who is up at his house this late? And for those of you who don't know, what he's referring to is when you're you're playing and gaming, if you will. I'm using those futuristic terms. These gamers and their video games playing their Ataris and Nintendos. They, uh, you got the headset on, and you can you can talk back and forth to people. It's a technological marvel, but that's what people do. I've tried it a few times, and I don't like it. Maybe it's because I grew up playing Nintendo and Atari and Sega, and we didn't have those technological things. And I'd rather not talk to strangers when I'm playing my video games. But to the kids that are doing it now, it's the norm. It'd be weird. I don't like it. Hear him breathing and stuff. Yeah. The Cheeto breath on the microphone. Exactly. Uh. So anyhow, that's what that is. Uh, continuing on. He came back to the microphone. He said that a little girl in a white dress peeked into his room and mumbled something. He told me that maybe his mom's friend came over to somebody else. He went downstairs and the lights were off pitch black. He searched around to see if he could find the girl, but he never found out who it was. A couple days later, Dill and his dad randomly started a conversation about this incident. And Dill's dad asked, why were you walking around the other night? Dill replied, because I saw a little girl come into my room and then ran off. Dill's dad said, I saw her too that same night. Dill's dad said that he looked into the hallway that same night because he heard movement in the hallway. And he saw a mist like a fog, followed by a little girl in a white dress, which vanished in midair very quickly. Both Dill and his dad didn't want to tell anyone else about the situation, so no one would be alarmed. But they decided to tell Dill's mom. With a pale look on her face, she said, My little sister was buried in a white dress. Supposedly, everyone looked at each other and said, Wow, 
She actually came to visit. By the way, Dill's mom and her brothers, sisters, and parents were all in an accident when they were younger. They were hit by a train and the youngest died. Now, during the same year, I slept over at Dill's house and I woke up around 6 a.m. I am for sure I was awake because I even checked my phone. I saw the time, even read a text from last night, put the phone to the side. I was lying face down on the floor when all of a sudden I couldn't move. The room was pitch dark since Dill's room doesn't have windows. I couldn't see if anything was around. I heard something approaching me and climb on my back. It started adding pressure to my back and pushing me down towards the floor, followed by a growl in my ear and some other mumbling. By this time, I had tried yelling and moving. I basically gave up, and I remember saying to myself in my head, It's done. I'm done. This is it. And seconds later, the pressure went away. I was finally able to move. Most likely it was paralysis, but pretty random and weird considering the stuff that happened at Dill's house before. I know they say in paralysis your body goes to sleep and you start dreaming without actually being asleep, but, like, seriously, who does it always... Why does it always have to involve scary situations? So we're dreaming about scary stuff all the time? I don't know, but I've been sleeping with a nightlight ever since. Thanks, I enjoy your show, and I'm looking forward to telling other stories. I think it is interesting that he had sleep paralysis there in that same house. Yeah, I think that's one of those where it's questionable as far as what it was. Yeah. Um, as far as sleep paralysis and the answer to the question about scariness, it's it's simply fight or flight is really all that is. Because if you're becoming conscious of the situation of you're having sleep paralysis, you're getting a shot of adrenaline uh, going through your mind. And you're very likely just going to be producing whatever fear your mind can produce whatever is scary to you showing up. Although, a lot of, for whatever reason, a lot of us are scared of creepy old women, I guess, because that's what a lot of people see. Um, or the dogs. The dogs, the dogs are pretty common. Yeah, um, but that's that's why it it doesn't tend to be um, you know garden gnomes and bunny rabbits that you see because unless you have a fear of garden gnomes and bunny rabbits, which some of us do. And considering this year they now have though garden like zombie garden gnomes for Halloween decorations. That may be something people start seeing. There you go. Or bunny rabbits. It could be. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) The fear of bunnies. 855-853-4802 is our number. Of course, you can always write in your story at realghoststoriesonline.com. Cody writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, love your show. I know you get it a lot, but your show is awesome, and I greatly appreciate it. Uh, It's greatly appreciated by everyone who listens. I have a ghost story that I've been experiencing along with my co-workers. I work in a resort in a small town in Australia. Many years before it became a resort, it was a nunnery. That sounds like a lovely resort. Mm. Nunnery resort. Why do they call it a nunnery? That's where the nuns live. My mind just goes to like a cannery. <laughs> you know? They can nuns. Like they make nuns there. It's weird. It is kind of a weird play on, on the vernacular of the word. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. They don't sell canned nuns. Uh, when it was a nunnery, there were numerous suicides in the resort. Interesting. I know one of them was of a nun that was there. Another had happened in recent years by a man that lived in the area. So there's obviously a lot of negative energy within the resort. While one of my coworkers was cleaning one of the rooms, after she had finished, he went to shut the door, but it wouldn't shut Convent is another word for it, by the way. What about Abby? 
I don't know. I think that's the term from Sound of Music. I think it depends on the country you're in. Okay, so in Austria, it's an abbey. Or uh, a nunnery in Australia. A convent in the United States. Okay. I think that's how it works. I don't know. Continuing on. He kept pulling it, but it wouldn't shut this door. He said it felt like there was a force stopping him from shutting it. He checked to see if anything was stopping it, but there was no rational explanation. Eventually, he pulled it shut as hard as he could, and it shut. Then all of a sudden, it flung open again. Now, with these doors, you need a key card to get into them. Otherwise, they are locked. He later found out that it was the same room that one of the nuns had committed suicide in. Creepy. I myself was cleaning a room listening to AFL on my phone. Is that a musical group? I don't know. Is, is that it, one of those? <laughs> is it that or is it some kind of like, is that like NPR? Yeah. Huh. I have no idea. Is that one of those bands that kids listen to these days? Is that the gangster rap? <laughs> I was in the room alone, and all of a sudden, I heard footsteps behind me. They were loud enough for me to hear them, so I turned around, and there was nothing. At the time, I didn't think anything of it. Another one of my coworkers, who also has to be one of my best mates, so I know he wasn't lying, was in the bistro area and saw a person work around a corner, being the only one there. He went and had a look out of curiosity. As he went around the corner to look, there was no one there, and it was a dead end, so there was no way they would have left the area without him seeing them. In the games room, the jukebox plays by itself even after it's been unplugged, and we continue to see things out of the corner of our eye, but I only see things when I'm by myself. There have been handprints of babies on walls that the housekeepers have cleaned, and they reappear after they leave the room. There have been many different things that have happened that I'm unable to remember at the moment, but as the stories pile on, I'll continue to share the stories. After hearing your episode about haunted hotels, I found it necessary to send my story. Also, one more subject I've been curious about. I'm not a religious person and don't believe in any religion. I don't mean to offend anyone, but having this belief... But I also believe in ghosts and demonic entities. I know it sounds crazy. I was wondering if this is the same case as anyone else and what I, what, and what should I think or do about the situation. Once again, thank you both heaps for your show. It's much loved. Keep up the great work and keep making podcasts so I can enjoy and uh, get through my English classes with some sort of entertainment. Cheers, guys. AFL is the Australian version of NFL. Oh, so now we know football is, is it they actually use like footballs like American footballs or because football in other countries is soccer. I don't know. I'm confused now. I get what you're saying, but I don't know the answer to that. I don't I, know if it's football in the American mindset uh-huh. or if it's soccer. Because I don't know that any other countries do football in the style of American football with the, the football football of Americans. Good question. I don't know. That's a that's a, that's a good ghost question right there. We should. I I don't know. Um. Well, there you go. Uh. Thank you for calling and insur- writing and sharing that story of the haunted resort. I've heard other people, in regard to his last part, other people that are similar as far as not being mm-hmm. religious or having any real religious beliefs at all, and then still believing in ghosts. So I think that is probably pretty common. As far as what to do, um, you know, it doesn't sound like uh, it's demonic. I would just, I guess, 
put up with it because it's your job and you kind of have to. Happy ghosts. My thoughts on that, on the, the ghost thing, I, I think it, if you're not religious, it would be difficult to, to say heaven and hell, but not a stretch at all to say, um, you know, there's something else out there. If you just don't know, I mean, because I mean, that's just kind of what a lot of that is. Just like, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I don't know if, you know, this religion is the true thing or that religion is a true thing. I just don't know. And I also don't know what the hell this stuff is either. Well, and I'm guessing if you aren't religious, that you probably approach the subject of ghosts from a scientific standpoint as in more of a energy field or, sure, just you know, uh, the ripples or time ru- yeah. time warps things like that yeah i mean and i could just see it being exactly i don't know yeah <laughs> you know just being open to the subject of just not knowing not or not proclaiming to know the the answer to what is going on i would not stay there would you stay there um i would stay there and i'd ask for that room you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> just to see what happens. I had the best sleep of my life in a haunted hotel. I know. It was wonderful. But with, with our luck, we would go and stay there, and I would sleep so soundly, and you would be like awake all night going, there's children uh, playing in the bathroom. Yeah. And going there, and there'd be handprints everywhere. Yep. You'd be by yourself. I'd be off doing something else. Go finding the Motel 8. I guess. <laughs> they have mot- Is it Motel? There's Motel 6, and there's... Super 8. Super 8. Motel. Okay. I get them all mixed up. Well, there you go. That wraps up today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you have a real ghost story, you can write into us at realghoststoriesonline.com or uh, call in at 855-853-4802. If you enjoyed the show, consider being an EPP and supporting the show and allowing us to continue on with your financial support. It's five bucks a month, and we give you a bonus episode every single week as a thank you for being an EPP. So please consider checking that out and doing that. Go to the website, Real Ghost Stories Online, to become an EPP. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to Real Ghost Stories Online. <laughs>